Hello, hello guys. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Tessa Zali. I hope you guys are doing amazing wherever you are, whatever you are doing, whether you are driving in a car, doing the dishes, going on your hot girl walk. I am so thankful for your time and for you guys tuning in today. I think you are in for an absolute treat. I had the pleasure of interviewing one of the biggest names in the skincare research and product game, Jan Marini. Jan has been an icon in the professional skincare market for over 40 years. She has been recognized and endorsed by the medical community for her innovative technologies. She holds numerous patents. She was recognized by New Beauty Magazine as one of the top 20 innovators in the aesthetic space. And if you guys don't know, I have started a whole new series on the podcast called Behind the Brand. The purpose of the series is to give you guys more insight into what's available on the market when it comes to clinical lines. I think there is so much to learn and discover and just you know, get curious about when it comes to the products that we can offer our clients. And I kind of had this epiphany that all estheticians are curious about what other lines are available. We're always asking our friends, looking on Instagram, and I just wanted to provide a lens for you guys to learn more rather than just feeling like you have access to surface level information. I want to bring the brand experts to you so you can hear firsthand what these brands are all about and you guys can draw your own conclusions, but I just want to provide with the information. Today's episode is all about acne. Jan has some really unique takes on acne. We're talking hormonal acne, teenage versus adult acne, why women get more severe acne than men, how to manage it, diet and lifestyle factors that can contribute to acne, and so much more. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the treatment room. I'm your host, Tessa Zali. Thank you so much for joining me today for a conversation around acne and how to have success clearing and managing the condition. It's a condition that can have so much emotion and frustration and heartache attached to it. I've definitely gone through it myself with acne. And the more we know about the condition as estheticians and new SDs, the better we can service our clients. I'm so excited to introduce today's guest of the show. I'm gonna try to keep my cool. She is the founder of Jan Marini Skin Research. Welcome to the show, Jan Marini. Uh, thank you, it's such a pleasure to be here, Tessa. I'm excited to have this opportunity to chat with you. It is such a joy. Jan, you are a huge household name. I'm pretty sure everybody in aesthetics and even outside of it knows your name, but could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you found your way into the skincare industry? Sure. Well, you know, I've been a product researcher for well over 40 years. And back in the early days, my expertise was in the area of ingredients. You know, people pick up a skincare product, they look at the ingredient listing, and it's confusing, and it's very technical. And how do they know if something is really going to make your acne better or worse? Is it going to really help your fine lines and wrinkles or your discoloration? I did a lot of lecturing to physicians and medical professionals and skincare professionals. And then I started doing a lot of radio and television. It lends itself really well to talk shows. You know, people love to hear about ingredients, what works, what doesn't work, where they should spend their money. And yes. as time went on, 
I began to develop associations with physicians and scientists and researchers literally all over the world. And my focus is on uncovering and identifying breakthrough technologies. And I'm going to qualify that because every product that comes to market, don't they use the term breakthrough? And Tessa, does anybody ever walk in your business and tell you they have the second best product? No, <laughs> everybody has the best product. So when I say the term breakthrough, I'm really talking about things that weren't in the market. Now, I'll give you an example. I was an early glycolic acid pioneer. And this is back in the early to mid 80s. Now, glycolic acid didn't exist. You couldn't buy it in a department store, go into a drugstore. You could get it for things like cleaning stains off your driveway or grease out of car engines. And then around 1989, going into 1990, I founded and brought to market two companies, two product lines, MD Formulations and MD Forte. Now, it's going back a lot of years. So some of your listeners are going to remember this, but it was really unique for a couple of reasons. One, I decided it was going to be dispensed through physician offices. No one was dispensing product. In fact, this is my fourth company. And that was probably the worst time I've ever had in a career, the most difficult, the most challenging, because doctors were incensed. They were horrified. You want me to sell, as they said, cosmetics out of my office? Well, now the rest is history. And that company, by the way, was sold to Allergan. And it was the first time a pharmaceutical company ever purchased a skincare company in the professional market. And then on July 1st, 1994, and we just celebrated our 27th anniversary on July 1st, I took down the MD formulation sign, put up the Jan Marini skin research sign. Here we are today. Here we are today. And Jan, if you, if you don't mind, I have a question that often met with a lot of confusion in the market and we will get into acne, but I think people wanna understand what makes products effective? What qualifies something to be medical grade um, or so we say when we're talking about brands? Well, first of all, it's a little bit of a misnomer here because there's not really a such thing as medical grade. So if you were to buy a topical prescription and it had many of the same ingredients that you would find in skincare products, they use, if they're gonna get mineral oil or if they're gonna get a certain binder or there's certain emollient or anything like that, they're using the same that we're using. So what makes a product really efficacious is what is the data that demonstrates whether that product is actually able to provide a solution? Is there some type of medical data maybe not necessarily on that specific product, but that that is able to provide a specific solution. And do you know that it is much more complex to make a skincare product than it is to make a prescription drug? And here's the reason why. So you have an ingredient that is going to be a drug. You're gonna put it in something topical and you, it has to go through the FDA. Now, in order to get it through the FDA, it has to be in the most simple formulation you can possibly imagine. So maybe it's like some type of formulation. It might not be particularly elegant, but it could be an ointment or something like that. And if you put a lot of other things in there, the FDA can't approve that because what are they approving? What is it that's really working? So they're very simple formulations. And basically you're demonstrating that that drug component works. Now you take a skincare product, look at that complicated ingredient listing. And we could spend a whole hour 
yeah. on the truth behind product development because the reason that most products are not efficacious is first of all, a lot of those ingredients are not compatible in the same formula. Certain ingredients, like for example, retinol has to be at a pH around five. Glycolic in order to have the effects that we see medically has to be at a pH for home care around 3.25 in that range. A lipid soluble C needed to be at another pH. You also, so you can't put them together in the same product. And also look at any skincare product. What's the first ingredient you see? Water. Mm. That's 50% or more of your formula. You can't bake a cake without liquid. So then you see this huge list of ingredients. Now imagine that I have to, first of all, I have to have my water, then I have to put in binders, emollients, spreading agents, stabilizing agents. Now I have X amount left for my actives. What if I need 12% of something? What if I need another 5%, 10%? Well, I just ran out of room. That's okay because I'll just put little tiny amounts on the label. It'll look great, but it's not necessarily going to be efficacious and I'll charge you more for it. So formulation of skincare product is very, very complex. Mm. And the chemist is basically focusing on, is it stable? Is it going to stay, you know, are you gonna open it up and it's gonna be all separated? Not necessarily, the pharmacist doesn't get trained in whether or not glycolic acid stimulates collagen or whether or not that retinoid is going to really be efficacious. So it's very complex. Mm, okay, and when it comes to acne, we want products that are effective. I've heard you say acne is an epidemic. Can you speak to that a little bit and why that is? Well, you know, it is an epidemic today among females in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and beyond. And the reason I say females, I'm not trying to discriminate against males, but men typically do not have acne. Think about your husband or your significant other. They don't have acne past the age of 23 because that's when their beard reaches what's called terminal beard growth that pushes everything out of the follicle. But we women, we can have it our entire life. And it affects a person's self-esteem. You said that early on. Yeah, you know, I always say when you get home at night, the first thing I do is I want to take off my, I call, you know, my, my, my work clothes, right? And I put on some sweats. And I, so you're left with two things. You know, you wash your face, you're left with your skin and your hair. Both of those mm. have the potential to give you a really bad day, right? Oh, yeah. And we're faced, consumers are faced with a dilemma. Now, do you buy acne products and maybe you dry your skin out? and your skin looks drier and it looks older, it looks worse, or do you buy an anti-aging product and you make your acne worse? And so you really need solutions. And what we're gonna focus on today, the solutions we're gonna focus on actually can clear acne and they can really transform the skin in terms of the appearance of aging at the same time. Let's start at the very beginning so we can understand acne kind of on a fundamental level. We have SDs and a lot of new SDs listening. How would you explain where acne starts? That's a great question because I think it's important that if you can picture in your mind the acne process, it's really easier to understand what you need to do or why certain things aren't working. So first of all, the term acne is a term that is used to describe a process. A lot of people say, I don't have acne. I just, you know, I just break out once in a while. It doesn't matter whether you break out once a month, 
once a day, 10 times a day, it's all acne, it's the same process. And it's, it's also referred to medically as retention hyperkeratosis. It's believed that the tendency toward it could be hereditary, but they haven't discovered the acne gene, but you know, it's common sense. If mom and dad had acne, well, chances are the kids will, but it can skip a generation. She could be the only person in your family with it or without it. And it's very complex. It's challenging. It's multifaceted. It's an inflammatory disorder. And no one wants to hear this. There is no cure for acne. Accutane is not a cure. It puts people in remission. So remission might be six months. It might be a year. It might be 10 years. But you know, Tessa, you and I, I bet you've seen this as well. Somebody's on Accutane or they've been on Accutane. Maybe they don't get the big cysts, but you look at their skin and you still see they still break out. It's still bumpy. And there are a lot of people out there that are two, three, four, five time Accutane failures. So there's no cure, but what we can do is we can manage it completely and get complete total clearing. Now, you mentioned you had suffered from acne in the past. I'm a two-time Accutane failure. I was in one of the first test groups with Accutane with Stanford University before it was approved for full prescription use. And then a year later, I went on again, a very high dose. And I am completely, not, not because of the Accutane, but I'm completely, my skin is always, I never break out. It's always flawless. But if I didn't do what I do every single night, I guarantee you within a few days or a week, I would be breaking out. So that's what we're going to talk about. And to kind of understand that, and excuse me for going on and on, but I'm going to talk about the process itself. So when you touch the outside of your skin, you're touching the stratum corneum, it's a dead layer. You said about 500 million cells a day over your whole body, they're microscopic. Now, when you look at a pore opening or really technically a follicle opening, sebaceous follicle, you're looking at the opening into a long hollow tube that's about as big around as the diameter of a hair. Now that tube is lined with dead cells, very much like on the outside of your skin. Down at the bottom, you have, you have sebaceous glands. And so those shells are, cells are shedding into the follicle. And one of the reasons that you produce oil is not because it's going to keep you young forever. It pushes the cells to the surface. They sit there, they fall off. That's the normal process. Now, what happens in acne? We don't quite understand why. The cells stick together. Now, the beginning of that process is called a microcomedone. And that's a little microscopic clump of dead cells. You need a microscope to see it. Now, you could have all kinds of microcomedones in there and have perfect skin on the surface. Acne starts in the follicle. When you have a breakout, that's the end of the process. So you could have all these microcomedones. They could be dormant for days, months, years. I'll give you an example. The, in the US, the average age that females begin to, to develop hips is about eight years old. The onset of puberty is measured by breast development, not menstruation. So let's say you've got a little nine-year-old girl. She's starting to get budding breasts. And she is in puberty. Now, her skin could be perfect. And it could be perfect when she's 10 and when she's 11 and when she was 12. And then all of a sudden, one day she wakes up and she's breaking out. Well, those microcomedones, it didn't just start yesterday. If they've been there for a while. And so hormones, there are all kinds of things that can kind of activate that. Now, so what happens is when the cells stick together and stick together in the follicle, the, the least inflammatory form of acne, and this is a form of acne, is the follicle dilates and you see 
open comedone, a blackhead, a clogged pore, right? Now, what happens if this is going to progress is you, you don't really see that open comedone. It kind of closes itself. You have more of a closed comedone. But in the follicle, here's what's going on. Cells are sticking together. They're sticking together. Now they trap oil. Then they trap P. acne bacteria. Now, P. acne bacteria is harmless. You can't catch it. You can't spread it. It's not an infection. And it's something that even if you have the clearest skin of anyone, you're going to have colonies of P. acne bacteria. But when it's in the follicle and it's trapped in there with the cells and there's virtually no oxygen, the P. acne bacteria eats the oil and it excretes a fatty acid byproduct. Now, that fatty acid byproduct wears down your follicle walls. <clears throat> if everything stayed in your follicle, you'd never, and you didn't break out, you wouldn't break out. But what happens is it starts wearing down the follicle walls and you get what is known as a leak, a rupture, or a blowout. A leak happens near the top of the follicle, material goes outside, and it's considered to be like a foreign invader, a foreign body. And so the inflammatory process results in like a papule, a red bump, nothing too serious, not good if you have a whole face full, but that's a, sort of the least serious form of the actual lesions. Now, let's say you have a rupture more in the middle of the follicle. More material goes to the outside, more inflammation, you're gonna have a nodule or a mini-cyst. Those are those lesions that are kind of hard, underground lesions. Females get them, a lot of them females that have never had acne as a teenager or very little acne, perioral and jawline, very stubborn. Now, if you literally have where the follicle blows up and you have a lot of material, the whole follicle, the side of it kind of ruptures, then you're going to get much deeper and you're gonna hit dermis. And so this is gonna result in a full-blown cyst. And the reason why cysts virtually always scar is because as the inflammation makes its way to the surface, it's destroying collagen and elastin. And so when you, when we talk about scarring, a scarring is an injury to the dermis. So it's a depression. It's not discoloration. So discoloration, post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation has to do with when the inflammation makes its way to the surface, it disturbs little blood vessels. They leak. What, are, what is blood made of? Bilirubin, veritarubin, that's the color. Fair skin, you get a red mark. If you have more pigment, could be brownish, it could be purplish, it could be blackish. Now we can get rid of that a lot faster, but it's not a scar. We can get rid of it faster than most people that it goes away on its own. So what we have to do is you've got to do, well, anyway, that's the process. I won't get into the solution yet, but that's the process. Okay, that's the process. And I'm so glad you mentioned so many good things there, Jan. First, you said, there's no cure for acne. It's something we're actively managing. And I think that's so important for SDs to understand, even in having our relationships with our clients, because they need to know that it's something that needs to be managed. Like you said, very actively. I'm the same way. I'm so just prone to that congestion. If I'm not on my routine, sticking with it, I'll break out and I'll have those little whiteheads for me is what I get whiteheads around my cheeks. So it's something we're actively working to manage. Jan, what would you say is your process or advice for clearing skin? As you say, complete total clearing. Okay. 
So there's two things. I always say no negotiation, no exceptions. You can do whatever you want, but this is what this is this is what works complete, total clearing. So first of all, what you have to do, number one, is you have to interrupt the process in the follicle where it starts, the cells sticking together. Now we do that with the skincare management system. And the skincare management system not only does that, but it also addresses a lot of aspects of the appearance of aging and discoloration and all kinds of things. So anybody, whether you have acne or not, that's a starting point for everyone. Now, the question that comes to mind, I can hear it right now, is, well, Jan, how could we all be on the same system but have different concerns? Well, I'll give you an example. So I'm just going to call out one product, BioClear. BioClear in the system is glycolic, it's azelaic, and salicylic acid. Azelaic acid is sold by prescription for acne. It's sold by prescription for rosacea. It's also one of the best resurfacing agents we've ever seen for the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles and pore size. It also is a brightening agent. It uses a pigment lifting agent. Then you have glycolic. Now glycolic acid of all the skincare ingredients in the entire world that have been studied medically, you know, where they do biopsies and histological studies and medical conferences, all of them. There are two that have been studied more than any other in the world. And one are retinoids and the other one is glycolic acid. So at the very simplest level, because we could spend a whole hour on glycolic, but at the very simplest level, what it does is it dissolves and dislodges the glue-like substance or cellular cement between cells. So it does this on the surface. It resurfaces the skin. That's where it gives you that really smooth, glowing, just satiny, reflective look. It does all kinds of other things with collagen and all kinds of things. But in the follicle, it dissolves and dislodges the glue-like substance or cellular cement between the cells. It interrupts the acne process. So whether the skin is aging, whether it's acne, whether it's just clogged follicles, everybody notices a difference. And one of the first things you notice is within literally a day or so, people will go, is it my imagination? My pores look so much smaller. Okay. Then we have salicylic. Now everybody's heard of salicylic and we know that it's good for acne and it helps to brighten the skin. But you put those three together, I've never seen anything in over 40 years of research that has the ability to resurface the skin and address so many different issues. So that's one thing, so it's a system. Now the next, the second part of this, again, no exceptions, is a product called Duality. Duality is a dual pump product. The reason why is because if I put everything in one chamber, they would render each other inactive. So, you know, you pump out one and pump out the other and you mix it together in your hand. Now this is a product that gives you complete total clearing with acne, but it also addresses the appearance of aging. I could put somebody on this and they, they didn't have acne and I could transform their skin. So I'm gonna talk about chamber one. Now chamber one is benzoyl peroxide. And again, I can hear your audience screaming in my head going, Jan, that's a teenage medication and it dries the skin out. This is different. This is not the benzoyl peroxide you can find in the drugstore or in the doctor's office or on an infomercial. So benzoyl peroxide is all micronized, so it doesn't feel rough. It's micronized to what we call 60 microns. This benzoyl peroxide is micronized to five microns. It does not dry. It's 12 times smaller. It goes in the skin faster. It works faster. It works better. Now, you know, you hear people make claims all the time. So how do you know that what I'm saying is really correct? Well, we did a study on this product with Dr. Jaggi Rao, who's a board certified derm in the US and in Canada. 
Dr. Rao is the head of the dermatology residency program at University of Alberta. Dr. Rao is also the CEO and founder of the Acne Clinics of Canada. So he works with more acne than any doctor in Canada. And we did the study when the weather was 20 to 40 degrees below zero. In the study, the patients in the study, at the end of the study, their skin was more hydrated on this product than before the study. Now, this one other thing that I also wanna mention about this product before I go any further into the second chamber, this product was also, the study was published in the Journal of Drugs and Dermatology. Now that's a peer-reviewed medical journal. You asked in the beginning, you know, how do you know products work? Well, peer-reviewed medical journals can take months, can take years to get into. And normally you're gonna see studies on cancer or studies on a, you know, a new drug or something like that. It has to be statistically significant to the medical community. And so we've had, we've had five studies published in the Journal of Drugs and Dermatology. And in this study, they, 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 they did the study on this product. So it, I mean, it works. I, that's all I can say is it works. Now the chamber number two has retinol. And retinol is considered another gold standard for acne. It's also considered a gold standard for anti-aging. It also helps with discoloration. Now, we don't exactly understand how it works for acne, but it seems to change the environment in the follicle. And, and, and some of these issues, like with, with Celsic and the other, some of the issues that may be the inflammatory issues, we just don't really understand. But it not only, again, can be significantly helpful for clearing, but also for the appearance of aging. And I'm gonna spend a second on that because who, you know, as soon as you get your acne cleared up, believe me, you, you start looking at other things. So when we look in the mirror and we start to see the first signs of what we might say aging, you know, maybe it's larger pores, maybe it's textural changes, maybe it's little fine lines or whatever it is. You're looking at damage that was programmed to your skin before the age of 10 and at least 50% before the age of 20 takes 10, 20, 30 years to show up. And so for so people, the reason why we, we want to address these things is because people, for example, that maybe have acne scarring, as they start to lose collagen from all that damage that was programmed in their skin, the scars become more apparent. So the, it's, what, it's so important to address this. Now, retinoids are a gold standard. And when I talk about the damage being programmed into your skin, your genes, are made up of DNA. And some of your genes are expressive genes. So what they do is they express out instructions. The only instructions your body listens to. If you break a bone, if you have a cold, if you have a sunburn, if you have acne, how is your, how you ever your body's gonna get back to normal? It's only by those instructions. Now think about this. So Tessa, you've got a newborn baby and it's epigeome is pristine. It's like a CD that plays music. It doesn't have a scratch on it. It's so clear. It has so much clarity. And that baby, of course, is in a very anabolic state. I mean, it's growing. It's going to triple, double, quadruple its, its body, its brain mass, everything. And so along the way, though, it's starting to get little scratches on that CD because of just aging and, and environment and living and all of that lifestyle. 
but it's still very clear. The instructions are, are being carried out perfectly. Now you get into your 20s. All of a sudden you start to slip into a catabolic state. You're slowly declining, but it's very slow. And the reason is, is because you got a lot of scratches. The clarity of those instructions is the same. It's not being repaired the same. You see changes internally. You see changes externally. It increases as time goes on. Retinoids, and this is not just me saying this, this is over 50 years of research. This is a fact. Retinoids have been shown, the right retinoid, the right retinoid has been shown to actually correct the instructions coming from your DNA. There's nothing like that in the world. And so they've even done studies on twins. You take twin girls, identical DNA, and you put them on the same skincare program, but one uses a retinoid, one doesn't. 10, 15 years later, one looks 10, 15 years younger than the other. Identical DNA. So this is why we're able to have this transformative effect on someone who has acne, but at the same time, we all have, we have these other concerns. And I could spend, again, I could spend another hour on, ac on, 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 on retinoids. But um, so that's, those are the two things. That's a solution, that's what you need to do. And again, you cannot skip a night. But the good news is, as you're doing this, and your acne is clearing up. Your skin also just looks better and better and better and better. And you know, retinoids, when you're, when you're talking about the aging process, this part, stratum corneum, the dead layer, that thickens as you get older. People always say, well, Jan, if I'm using retinoids and I'm using glycolic, aren't I gonna thin my skin? And I always, sarcastic, I say, I hope so. <laughs> you want this to be really thin and compact like a baby's skin, but you want your dermis to be really thick because your dermis is, 80% collagen, starting at the age of 20, 1% a year you're gonna lose. And that's not taking into consideration, were you a sunbather? What about your lifestyle? What about your diet? So by the time you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, you can lose 60, 70% of your dermis. Retinoids, the right retinoid, thickens the dermis up to twice as much, thickens it twice as much, thins and compacts the stratum corneum, actually can grow new blood vessels near the surface, not the bad ones, not telangiectasias for rosacea, little micro ones that give the skin that vibrant, healthy look. Tell us a little bit about teenage acne versus adult. Is there any differentiation estheticians should have an understanding of when we're treating acne? Okay, so first of all, keep it simple. I have parents tell me all the time, they're more concerned about their child's acne than the child. Because when a child is 12 or 13 years old, they're, you know, they might notice that they might complain, but trying to get them to really, really focus on it is very difficult. I had one person joke with me. She says, oh, it's not a problem for me. I wait till my son goes to sleep and I just slather on the benzoyl peroxide. <laughs> That's good. But I get this all the time. I can't get my daughter to, you know, to wash her face and to do it every night and all of this. Okay, so you got to keep it simple. So it's a benzoyl peroxide wash, and we make one with that benzoyl peroxide, and it's a benzoyl peroxide leave-on, so we make a separate one that's a 5 and a 10%. And sunscreen. Sunscreen, that's critical. And so they, they do the wash day and night. Girls start off with 5% benzoyl peroxide. I just call it BPO. So BPO, just at night. And then in a few weeks, if you're not really getting to complete total clearing, you can increase it to day and night. If you're not getting to complete total clearing in a few weeks, you increase it to 
But I can't tell you how many teenagers have gone through their teenage years completely acne free by consistently staying on that routine. And the sunscreen, of course, is critical because um, the sun makes acne worse. It, it also worsens the post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. And it's, it's, a, it's a product that it prevents the skin from aging. So a very simple routine. Now, even when I've got somebody that's, let's say, in college, that's the same routine. Because when you ask somebody, let's say they're 22 years old, and I say, if there's something you could change or improve about your skin, what would it be? 99% of the time, I break out. Do you know, statistically, the average age that a female starts using some type of skincare routine, like, you know, you go to the clinic counter, and it's the, the soap and the toner and the yellow moisturizer, mm. 25, 25 years old. So at that point, up to that point, you really, it's all about just keeping it really simple. And again, every single day, every single night. The plus, but if you're doing things like, if you're doing like, for example, um, glycolic acid peels, it's going to accelerate the process faster, help them to get clear faster. So there's a lot of things that you can do in clinic. Absolutely. And usually they'll listen to someone else more than they'll listen to mom or dad. <laughs> oh yeah. I've experienced that firsthand. It's, it's a different ball game when they're listening to a professional. And so that's where we have so much potential. Some of my teenage acne clients are my favorite because it's just so, it's so cool to see them get excited about taking care of themselves and for them to see that result. Jan, I have a question about, about, the routine you're recommending. Do you ever run into issues with irritation if if somebody's using benzoyl peroxide twice a day, like you said? It's it's really we don't recommend that for the adult female. But again, this is a benzoyl peroxide that doesn't dry. But if we, you know, if if there were an occasion, a rare occasion where somebody maybe had a little bit of more flakiness or um, react, they were a little bit more reactive to it. There are ways to manage that. And so occasionally teenagers, we put them on a moisturizer, but their skin is a lot more forgiving. They, they can do more to the skin and be more aggressive than let's say the adult female who doesn't have the same barrier function. Okay. And I'm sure when a lot of people hear benzoyl peroxide, they're thinking spot treatment, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. What's your philosophy on spot treating? Do you think that's an effective way to manage acne? No, because there's two things. When you have a breakout, that's the end of the process. Acne starts in the follicle. So you can't prevent the breakout. You have to prevent the breakout. You have to be proactive. So unless you're psychic and you know exactly where the next breakout's going to be, if you, let's say somebody, let's say it's an adult, and their breakout area is this whole area. You have to treat that whole area, but better yet, you want to treat the entire face. So that's the thing with benzoyl with duality is that when you're even if you're not areas where you're not breaking out, the, the retinol makes this huge difference in the texture mm. and the look of the skin, along with the skincare management. I mean, it's transformative. Mm. Okay. 
Good to know. What about discoloration? Something you mentioned before, I think is really important to go back to is this idea that that pigmentation we see, that trauma left behind from acne, that's not a true scar, but Estes, you're you're gonna have people come into your clinic probably once a day saying, I want to treat my scarring, quote. Exactly. Unquote. Exactly. Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and what you said very clearly is there's a difference between a true scar happening in the dermis versus that pigment. Can you talk about effective ways to manage that post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation or post-inflammatory erythema? Okay. So, first of all, the skincare management system gets it out of the surface a lot faster. But in the duality, that second chamber that has the retinol, there's also peptides in there. There's also anti-inflammatories, and there's an ingredient that's been shown to get rid of the post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation over 300 times faster. So it clears away the bilirubin and the berylirubin specifically. Now, another thing, something that we just introduced, and this was, we introduced it May 1, and then we, it was so huge, it sold out immediately, but we have it back in stock. And this is, I gotta say, this is a long name. The Marini <laughs> Clear Multi-Acid Corrective Pads. Now we also make um, a Marini Multi-Acid Resurfacing Pad. So what this, but this, what this is, so there, there's some similarities between the two, but this new one, it's a jar, it has 30 pads and they're pre-soaked. So they're not only soaked with a combination of acids, but there's another ingredient in there. I have never seen the post-inflammatory discoloration go away as fast as it does with this. So a pad that can be used along with the system in duality, you know, two or three times a week. Um, it's just, you clean your face, you put it on, leave it on 10 or 15 minutes, rinse it off, and then you go on with the rest of your products. It not only resurfaces, it not only helps with the appearance of scarring, it not only helps to clear the skin even faster and maintain clarity, but it gets rid of that discoloration. When I was doing my proof of concept, um, I had an individual, and one of the, the, the individuals that I put in proof of concept was, um, who worked for us at that time. And she was uh, Asian. And, you know, when you have, you get your skin, she came to us and she had some fairly moderate acne. I mean, you know, it was, it was pretty bad and you get somebody clear, but when you have that discoloration, if you're looking at them from a distance, they still look like they have acne. And I was shocked after two weeks. I mean, her, it literally gives the skin such clarity and such brightness. It's like, it's like you're, you're backlit. It's like you have your own lighting walking around with you. Um, so there are things like that that you can do and also that you can do in clinic because glycolic acid peels and various kinds of you know facial protocols can really help with that as well. But those things we know specifically get rid of it so much faster. What about vitamin C? how does that compare to things like chemical peels in terms of discoloration? Well, it depends on the vitamin C. So first of all, ascorbic acid has been shown to have somewhat of a brightening effect, but the problem is ascorbic acid is not stable. And that's not me saying it. They can talk to a chemist or somebody at a university because 
it first of all, it has to be a pH of 2.5 or lower to have the effects that ascorbic acid is supposed to have. And also, it's when you expose it to oxygen or water or sunlight, it breaks down very rapidly. So I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on that. But um, we work with what's known as a lipid-soluble C. It's ascorbyl palmitate, known chemically as L-ascorbic acid 6-palmitate. And it has been shown to have a definite effect in, through the, it being an anti-inflammatory to help with that. And so that's one of the reasons that the system is so important because you put all these components together. And even if, even if it's not acne, you know, inflammation is aging is an inflammatory disorder. Rosacea is an inflammatory disorder. So the more anti-inflammatories, the more components that you use to address it, just the better your skin is. So vitamin C can be helpful, but it doesn't go after P. acne bacteria. And by the way, P. acne bacteria can't kill it permanently. That would be called bactericidal. So what you, the reason you use this every single day is because it's bacteriostatic. So what happens is you kill the bacteria, it can't eat the oil, it can't excrete the fatty acid byproduct, but then, you know, 24 hours later or whatever, you got to kill it again because those colonies come back like that. And then you're going to have a breakout. Let's talk a little bit about hormonal acne. How does that fit in to the conversation? It can be so frustrating, especially for women. What do you have to say about hormonal acne versus breakouts as a whole? You know, that's, I love that question because that is a huge differentiating factor between teenage acne and between adult acne. So is it really hormonal acne? And the reason I, I, I quote pose that rhetorical question is because, you know, about 2% of all teenagers will never have an acne lesion. So does that mean they don't have hormones and they can't procreate? They don't have genitals? So it, it, so it goes beyond hormones because we all have hormones. So why is it that some of us react differently? Now, here's what happens in adult women. And by the way, this is estimated to happen to affect as many as 98% of adult females that have adult female acne. So you hear people say, well, I had some acne as a teenager, it cleared up. And then when I turned 28 or I turned 30, oh my God, it's all over my chin again. Or, you know, I had, I didn't have any acne as a teenager because I was one of the 2%. I didn't ever had an acne lesion. Then when I was 19, all of a sudden I've got cystic acne. So there's all these different combinations and it can persist people breaking out in their fifties. So here's what's going on. And you guys can keep this in your back pocket because this is a solution. Okay. So in your follicle, you have certain enzymes. Isozyme type one, isozyme type two known as 5A reductase. Outside your follicle, you have hormones, hopefully. You have estrogen, you have progesterone, you have testosterone. Now, it's, it, 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 we have almost as much as testosterone as men, but our testosterone is bound with proteins, kind of like having a sack around it. And that means we don't get the deep voice and we don't get the big hairy chest and all of that. Well, what we found in females, and I'll get to the reason for this, we think is the reason, is that some females, this actually quite a high percentage, may have a testosterone sensitivity or a little free testosterone. It's not gonna show up in a blood test. Go to the doctor, it's gotta be hormones, doctor. Well, blood tests, is a, there's a wide range of neural. 
what's happening is those that testosterone, that sensitivity or a little bit of free testosterone gets together with the enzymes in the follicle that are harmless, but then they shake hands and immediately form dihydrotestosterone. Guess what? Instant acne, guess where? Now it could be anywhere, but this is where you usually get the cysts. So we have something in duality that helps to block that, that puts a wall up between the two. But, you know, I always say that you could have success with a huge number of people. Let's say 95%. There's always going to be that percentage in there that has recalcitrant acne. And so, keep again, keep this in your back pocket. So there's something that you can take internally. It's not an antibiotic. And what this does is it puts a wall up between the two and they can't get together and shake hands. And it's going to sound crazy, but it's a diuretic. And the diuretic is known as spironolactone. It's been around about 50 years or more. S is in Sam, P is in Peter, I-R-O-N-O-L-A-C-T-O-N-E. I believe it's how it's spelled. Okay. Spironolactone is used for congestive heart failure and high blood pressure and those kinds of things. And it and so spironolactone, um, you wouldn't be taking this in like 2,000 milligrams a day or whatever. It's very low dose. You only take it 50 to 150 milligrams a day. All it does is put a wall up between the two. You can do it indefinitely. There's virtually no side effects. Now, some of the good side effects, though, it cuts oil about 60 to 80%. It doesn't dry your skin out. It just normalizes the oil production. Um, it actually works up here on the scalp, too, because that's just an extension of your facial skin. And so it, it, people who, 50% of all females will have female pattern baldness, which is in a diffuse hair thinning, grows the hair back. It lessens hair on the face, gives you hair up here. Um, and some studies have shown to help a cut cravings for salt, sugar, and chocolate. And usually, you know, even on low dose, you lose a few pounds of water weight. So, and again, you can be on indefinitely. You would not like with almost anything, you would not take it if you're pregnant. We have, I don't believe we've ever seen birth defects, but it's believed that possibly it could cause feminization of the male fetus. We don't know that for certain, but just wouldn't take it if you're pregnant. So, that's something where I've seen people, I, I consulted with a doctor quite a few years ago and had a five-time Accutane failure. And she was completely clear for the first time in her life. Doing that and benzoyl peroxide system, et cetera. Yes, I love that you said that it's not just the medication, it's the home care as well, because as you said, even people who take Accutane, that can't be the be-all, end-all. It has to be both. Jan, I wanted to ask about nutrition because that's you know something we see can play a role in acne triggers. How much do you think nutrition and diet plays a role in acne? Definitely plays a role, but not the way we think. First of all, chocolate's just fine, but there's some things that they put in with the chocolate. So let me tell you the couple of things that actually we know affect acne. Now, this one is proven beyond a doubt. Nobody wants to hear what I'm going to say. But we now know milk causes or exacerbates acne. The study was published 
in the Mosby Journal of Dermatology. We, we refer to that as the Mosby Blue Book. That's the primary journal that, that dermatologists get and rely on. It's very technical. The study was done on 47,000 nurses. It was repeated on their sons and daughters. And then it was done on 3,000 teenage girls and 3,000 teenage boys. It's not because we give hormones to, to cattle. It's because whether you buy your milk from Whole Foods and you say, oh, it's organic, you are milking cows when they're pregnant. And what happens in the wild is that the cow will push the calf away when it becomes pregnant. It doesn't allow it to nurse because it's producing steroidal hormones. So you can get your milk tested. And I can't remember I, what I read. It was something like maybe as many as 17 steroidal hormones or something. Now, that's milk. That's going to be yogurt. That's going to be ice cream. And what about if you are doing protein drinks? That's mainly whey protein. Whey protein is more concentrated. You're getting even more of the hormone. And what about if you're doing protein bars? So it's, it's, it's and non-fat milk, because it has more whey protein in it, is worse than whole milk. So that's something that is, I, I was a huge milk drinker, but we got milk from my uncle who, for whatever reason, didn't milk cows when they were pregnant. Um, but at any rate, uh, so, so that's, a mate, that's one issue. That's a, it's a huge issue. Now, the second part of this is what we call the glycemic load. So everybody knows what the glycemic index is because if you hold up a candy bar, they're like, yeah, that's got a lot of sugar. The glycemic load though is what happens when food is processed because your liver has an enzyme that prevents it from dumping glucose into every cell in your body. But that enzyme gets compromised as you get older. So what happens is, is that um, you could hold up the best piece of whole wheat bread that you think is the best in the whole world, really nutritious. And I could hold up a quarter cup of sugar and say, well, which one is the worst? And everybody go, well, the sugar, of course. The bread will turn into more sugar. Your liver will process it into more sugar than the sugar. So it's carbs. It's your overall carbs in general. It's not like I'm going to eliminate this or that. It's You have to look at fruits, vegetables, everything, and your, your whole overall carb intake. And so what happens is we Americans, and now it's pretty much all over the world, but we have a very high carb diet. So we're eating bread or bagels and we have pasta and we have all these things. And what happens is as we get older, our insulin levels will spike more. It's not, they're not as consistent. When your insulin level spikes, what happens is your body produces more testosterone to take it down to consistently normal levels. So we, this is something that dermatologists are looking at a lot more closely because they're finding even in teenagers, if they eliminate or keep those carbs low, that they're having less inflammation, less pustule count. Let me tell you what else sugar does. When that sugar gets dumped into your cells, it also attaches to your collagen. And it literally, I mean, virtually instantly starts to break it down and it hardens it. It stiffens it. They've done a study where that when you take that sugar level down or eliminate it, in two weeks, you have a 25% improvement in your bad collagen. Two weeks. So you're saying it's a matter of a lot of different factors here. It's our hormones. It's what we're eating, what we're putting on our skin. 
all these things kind of melding into one. Yeah, it is. You know, my mother, who's been dead now a number of years, but she was born in 1910. And she used to say to me, I don't get it. You know, when I was became an adult, we had, you know, we had a little acne as teenagers. But when I became adult, these women didn't have all this acne. Well, but they didn't have access to a lot of the food that we eat. She, she, she never went to the store and bought potato chips. She didn't eat bagels. She didn't, I mean, she was the old fashioned cook. She made the Sunday roast and the fried chicken and we had vegetables and we had salad and we had those kinds of things. And it wasn't, we, we just never, I, I, I never went yeah. to Jack in the box. We yeah. didn't have McDonald's, but you know, so it's, it's, uh, that can definitely play a role. Now it's not the only thing, but we know that these are substantial influencers. Yeah, I've I just feel like I've never noticed acne be as predominant as it is. So it's definitely something that estheticians need education on, the clients need education on. So we're really grateful for your time, Jen Rainey, Aww. for coming on and sharing all that you did. Before I let you go, if you had to think of one message for estheticians listening, what would that be? Okay. Thank you. First of all, it's about solutions. When I get interviewed by the media, I, there's usually two questions I know I'm going to get asked. One is, do I use my own products? Yes. And the second one is, what is it that motivates me and inspires me? You know, to read all the medical journals and you do all the research and development and all the studies and everything. And I give the same answer every time. I'm no different than anyone else. I don't want acne. I don't want rosacea. I don't want discoloration. I like to keep fine lines and wrinkles away as long as possible. I'm going to be 70 in December. And so, you know, this is important to me. And I always say, I don't want another product. I want a solution. So you want to focus on solutions that you know are going to deliver specific results. That's how you differentiate yourself. That's how you become, wow, this is the person that got rid of my acne, got managed it, complete total clearing. This is the person that made me look 10 or 15 years younger. This is the person who managed my discoloration. There's no cure for acne. There's no cure for rosacea. There's no cure for discoloration. So that would be my advice. <laughs> Love that. Solutions. Jan, thank you so much for joining us and sharing all of your insights. We'll have to have you back if your time allows. I know there's so many topics we could dive into. Uh, thank you so much. Tessa, thank you. This is so much fun. <laughs> and for everyone that's listening, thank you. I know I wouldn't be here if it weren't for you guys. Love it. Jan, before we let you go, could you tell us where we can find you guys on social media or how we can find your products online? Well, um, first of all, we do have our own website and there are also some authorized resellers that like Dermstore and SkinStore and Amazon and we're the only company. In other words, it's not a third party on Amazon, it's directly from us. Um, and of course, all of our physicians and our skincare professionals. So we're in, in, in thousands of doors around the US and even outside of the US. And we're on Facebook and we're on uh, Instagram and all, in fact, I do, I'm doing this podcast with you today, but I do Instagram live constantly. So people can access the, the various interviews that I do. 
Love it. Perfect. We're going to put all of that information in the show notes. You guys can check out Jan Marini. Thank you, Jan, for joining us. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will talk to you in the next episode. Well, thank you. Bye.